This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Well, good afternoon. Six minutes past 12 o'clock. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. I'm Nikki Seberini with you for the next hour here on 101.9 Chai FM. Thank you so much for tuning in. So, wow, pretty cold, pretty cold. We've just got through Mandela Day, which was extraordinary and wonderful. And last night, my 13-year-old son um, at school had a sleep out. So he and the rest of the grade sevens at King David Victory Park with their headmaster and some of the teachers put down cardboard boxes and then put down their sleeping bags. And um, they slept outside just to get a feel of what it is to be homeless. Although, come on, you know, they've got the uni clothes they've got the sleeping bags but I think that it's a it's a wonderful opportunity and that's what Mandela Day does is it gives us as South Africans an opportunity to extend ourselves on every level possible and isn't it just so extraordinary that this man's legacy um, continues to live on and inspire generation after generation so I just really really love that so what do you have to look forward to over the next hour. Well, you know, I'm, I'm so excited about today's show because we're going to be looking at transformation. And transformation has um, so many different perceptions. And, you know, what, when I say transformation, you can have a completely different reaction to, to transformation. Um, because we know that everything in life is moving and it's changing and that it's impermanent and for some of us that can be very very um, stressful um, and and it can bring us much anxiety but today we're going to be looking at the the joyful side of transformation how we can learn and grow from transformation so our guests um, who are going to be joining us on 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 the journey of transformation um, we're going to start off with our warrior Linda Smith she in fact she's our warrior and our angel um, and she's talking about a spiritual transformation. Her cancer story has been a spiritual transformation. Gavin Moffat, a very personal and physical, an actual physical transformation has taken place. He walked into the studio and I didn't recognize him. He was here a few months ago. Wow, Gavin. Wow, wow, wow. And then Leon Fury, um, he's also, you know, he, he talks about um, helping people with their brands and moving forward. So once you've had, once you've been transformed and, and is transformation finite is it infinite and then what do you do with it how what do you do with the new person that that you have become um jillian michaels once said that transformation isn't a future event it's a present day activity which i rather like so i hope you're as excited as i am for the upcoming show we are going to take a very quick break and we will be back just to let you know that the lines are open um i'm looking for the numbers once again you can sms us on 34519 34519 um we'd love to hear from you that's the sms line and the telephone number um i will announce in just a few minutes we're going to take a quick break we'll be right back this is LifeLinks with a DL link. Walking with Warriors. 
Welcome back. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. You can SMS us on 34519 if you have a story of transformation that you'd like to share. If you have any questions for our guests, we'd love to hear from you. The lines are also open on 061-895-1019. 061-895-1019. So our first guest today is our warrior and our angel, um, Linda Smith, who's talking about a huge transformation that has taken a, a place in her life um, once she was diagnosed with cancer. So, Linda, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Great to have you on the show. Thank you. So, this is this is quite a, a, a recent experience for you. It was last year that you were diagnosed. Exactly a year ago. Yeah. Exactly. Take us there, if you don't so mind. So, basically, I found a lump on my breast. Mm-hmm. and Did you used to go for regular mammograms? Yes, I went for one a year and a half before that. Okay. So, um, and I did felt, you? Sorry, I keep interrupting yeah, yeah, you. Did course. you do checks? Yes, I did. Okay. And I found something and thought, nah, you know. And the next night I lay in bed and I felt and I went, nah, you know. And then it, because you don't want to go there. Yeah. Mm. And I, I called my children in, I've got girls, and I said, like, just feel there's something here, you know. And they said, yes. And like, they don't know anything. Mm. So it took me about three weeks to pluck up the courage to go to the GP because in my heart, I just knew it was cancer. I just sure. knew. Yeah. So I went to my GP, and from there, it's just been. One roller coaster ride for one year. It's just happened so slowly but so fast. Um, from the mammo right to a biopsy. Next day, I found out I had cancer. A week later, lymph nodes removed. Found it in the sentinel lymph node. Um, three weeks later, I actually put off my cancer surgery so I could carry on working. I was doing the Rosh Hashanah magazine for the Great Park Show. I put that on hold for three weeks. I could finish it. Had my breast, the lump removed, breast lift, and then straight into chemo for six months. Six weeks radiation, five times a week, and here I am a year later waiting to go into tamoxifen, which is a, I don't know, cancer or for breast cancer. You take it every day? Well, yeah. It's apparently. like a maintenance. Yeah, so I'm going on for, like she said, minimum 10 years. Sure. Yeah. So those are facts. Yeah. Let's go to the spaces in between. <laughs> um, oh what, what does it feel like when you know that that lump is cancerous, you know in your gut and your doctor confirms that it is? You feel like you're gonna that that's at its end. You're gonna die. Mm. Um, is that what crossed your mind? Yeah, I thought finished. this is it. It's, you know, it's the end. And um, I don't know. It's just you get the strength from like when you when I think of what I've been through, I actually don't know how I did it. And I know this sounds very Yorkish, but it's by the grace of God because I, I don't know how I made it every day. And I managed to work two jobs, morning job, afternoon job. Continued working. Continued working. Hmm. And, um, but I suppose I had like a lot of support and, um, I just had to get through this for my children. You know, at first it was, let me just get through this for my kids. And then funny enough, at, like as soon as the radiation ended, I was, I was firstly angry. I was angry. There's no two ways about it. Like going through it the whole year. What, like, the why me? The why me? And you know, haven't I been through enough in my life? And mm. why this? And like, what's it trying to prove? And it's, you know, cause it's physically draining mm-hmm. more than anything. Cause you've got the physical side effects of the chemo and you've got sure. the second degree burns from the radiation and you're just in physical pain, mm. you know, the whole year. Mm. And, this, I was so angry at God or whatever, at Hashem, and exactly as I finished radiation, I had this, like, huge spiritual awakening. I had this, like, deep, deep appreciation for life, like, just for the fact of waking up in the morning, you know, like we say, more down here. I've never really said it before, and now I say it because... 
God has faith. God wants me to be here another day. And every day that I'm here now, it's, it's like a gift. And this is how I'm living. And when I go to the toilet now, it's like I say that prayer because for, for my health and, you know, we take your health for granted. In one day, my whole life changed because mm-hmm. it's not like your appendix. You have them out and it's gone. Mm-hmm. With cancer, it's like now every six months it scans. And only after five years, are you con- if, you've sca- if you're cancer-free, are you considered to be in remission? So it's changed my life forever. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, I think, actually, I've let go of what has happened. And I've just got this deep, deep appreciation for life. Maybe sure. that's my lesson out of it. I don't sure. know. You know, I have warriors who sit opposite me and share their story, and they all talk about cancer being a blessing. Like there, there's there's a blessing, there's a lesson, and and that you've changed forever. So there is the transformation. You can never go back to what you were or how life was, um, and it's a whole new way of, yeah. of living. So that that process of being angry mm. to being okay, to being grateful, yeah, to then. Really praying to Hashem and saying, "I'm so happy for this." How did that? How did that transform? Was it over the period of time of yeah. the chemo? Because you said after the chemo, after the radiation. Yeah, no. To I be honest, I can't, I can't. I can't. I really, honestly, can't say it's been a blessing having cancer. But what I can say is that I feel blessed that I have this gratitude towards life now and this deep appreciation because going through no one. It, going through that for this last year, it was it was a horrible nightmare. But you know, this thank God I'm here, and thank God I've reached this point instead of being angry and bitter about mm. what has happened. Mm. That's incredible, Linda. Really incredible. The chemotherapy yeah. that you were on, what was it? It was um, CM, CMF, mm-hmm. and it was like a drip once every two weeks, but then on pills every two weeks. So I was basically on cancer, I mean, on chemo two weeks. And I had really, really bad side effects. What were your side effects? Um, Well, the one was nausea Mm -hmm. because um, as it is, I had gastritis and the chemo eats away your your stomach lining. Mm -hmm. So I really suffered from the nausea. I remember sitting on the side of my bed just crying, just absolutely crying in pain from nausea, if you could ever imagine that. Like, Mm -hmm. how can nausea be painful? Mm -hmm. And just the worst... Imagine the worst flu you've ever had, the worst stomach bug you've ever had, and just multiply by 100. You just feel so ill from it. But then the minute you're off it, you're absolutely fine. The body's the most amazing thing. And the mind is the most amazing thing as well. You know, to go from such agony... Um, and from those pa- the, 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 the thoughts of anger and whatever, and yeah. then you come through it, and all of a sudden and you then feel you're on so much, high. and, and yeah. you're on the high. You go the from the extreme lows to the high, and then when you when you actually feel when the side effects from the chemo have gone, you're on such a high that you, and you just want to go out and do everything because when you when you when the side effects hit you like man down. Mm. So I used to plan it that my side effects would fall over the weekend, mm. so I was man down weekend back to work on Monday. Sure. You know, pushing on. It's the appreciation for those little things that I'm taking for granted right now. Um, you, you appreciate those after that treatment. So how did you come into contact with the DL Link? Um, yeah, so the DL Link have been wonderful throughout this whole journey. Gabby, the most wonderful, wonderful guy. And he is. Such a, you know, he's just such a good oak. And he came to my house and he brought me a pack. And from then on, he used to How phone. did they find out about you? Oh, my sister knew Gabby. Or, okay. um, and then she phoned the DL Link. It's amazing they how they find me. out. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And um, so Gabby has been there throughout this journey, always phoning up to check on me if I need everything, if I need anything, if I can, if it can help me with anything. I must also say that, like, um, 
you know, the, also the community, the Great Park Shul community and the Waverly Shul community, the I never went without a dinner throughout my surgeries. Jeez. Everyone, you know, really has been amazing. Going back to Del Link again, I attended their lectures on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through when I had radiation, there was a weekend someone couldn't take it. So I took it, me and my girls went. You know, things like that that you really, really appreciate. And just having the support. Like if I, on a Thursday, now go for. Um, What's her name? Arlene does um, Reiki and and this is all through the Dell link. She was. So it's like it's really amazing that, you know, you know, and there's a group we on a support group on on WhatsApp. There are a few of us, and cause, you know, it's hard to people don't really understand what it what you what you feel and what you're going through. But yeah, it's the Dell link has been absolutely wonderful. Hmm. And last question, yeah. um, your daughters, yeah. how have they been? With They've this? been. I, I was just saying to my colleague today, Sandy, I, I'm so blessed. You know, one's 18, one's 15, and they've just seen me through this. You know, I've done it all for them, really, mm. and um, they've they've been amazing. They are strong little girls and they've realized they keep saying to you, Mom, you, you're so strong, you're so strong, you mm. know. And they're learning so much from yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know, you can, over, you can overcome anything in life. I really believe that. Mm. Mm. So, what's been such an awful, awful experience at the, the other side of yeah, it, as you the said, that you've God. had the spiritual awakening yeah. and your daughters have been witness to the most incredible lessons. And yep. I suppose they. You know, therein is is lesson growth yeah. and transformation. Yeah. You, you're you're a different to person you to the person anything. you were. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Linda. Thank you so thank much. You. Thanks for joining us Thanks and much having. strength thank and vitality you. and good health. <laughs> yeah. And we hope you'll join us on the show again. Thank you. Thank you very Cheers. much. We're going to take a quick break uh, after the break. Um, Gavin will be joining us and sharing his story of transformation, um, and I'm sure incredibly inspiring. Just looking at him. Um, so once again, if you you'd like to SMS us 34519. Quick break. We'll be right back. This is Life Links with a DL link. On 101.9 High FM, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. I'm Nikki Seberini. Thank you so much for tuning in and for staying with us. So we continue with our theme of transformation on this rather lovely Thursday afternoon. And I have Gavin Moffat in the studio, who is an accidental specialist, which I'm very interested <laughs> in, author in the field of communication, public relations, marketing, business consulting, and all about asking the right questions and joining the dots. And you know, when you've heard someone say I'm half the man I used to be (laughs) (laughs) he literally is it's one third the man that I used to be I think it's 34% body mass yeah 34%. 34%. Yeah, yeah. So when were you last on High FM? How long ago in was that? March, beginning of March. I think and how much have you lost since then? Because you weren't I, I as... Don't, I don't know. You don't I'm, know. I'm not keeping track of it like that. As of this morning, I've lost 43 kilos since the beginning of October last 43, year. 43? That's yeah, like one 43. and a half of my children. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, I think it's 34% of my body mass at the time that I started. So you're probably listening and going, tell me more. I want to know how this man lost the weight. But it's 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 the incredible journey that you've been on. Mm. Because, mm. I, I mean, when you walked into the studio and I looked at you and I said, wow. And then I looked at your wife, Ingrid, and said, well, I mean, what's it like having this new man? And she said, mm. well, he is like a new man. So let's go back because it's all happened over the past year. Am yeah, I it's, correct? It's been since last October, but I guess the journey is a lot longer than that. Right. Uh, I, I think part of the challenge is that people always focus on the weight. And actually, the weight is just a side effect of a Indeed whole bunch of is. other things. Sure. Um, 
I got to this point because I have had a dysfunctional relationship with food pretty much my whole life. Mm, anyone uh, out there who can <laughs> relate? <laughs> Nothing like a really nice frosted donut to make you uh, feel happy. Feel very good, uh, yes. Exactly. So momentarily, a, but no, momentarily, good, yeah. totally. And so I've had a dysfunctional relationship with food for a very long time, and I, I was getting warning comments from doctors about, well, you know, your parents have got heart disease, they've got high blood pressure, you've got high cholesterol, all of these different things. You really should do something. And finally, one of the doctors said to me, you know, you've got a 10% chance of a heart attack in the next five years. Then it was, you've got a 15% chance. So my body Did mass- it mean, mean anything? No, of course not. No. I was a fat guy, you know. It, it wasn't me. It wasn't going to impact me. I'm not going to have a heart attack. No, of Who am not. I? I yeah. mean, I'm just a fat guy. <laughs> and so I, there was never one thing. There was never one thing that made me go, I need to change. I want to do something different. It was a confluence of a whole bunch of different things over months and months. It made me wake up one day and go, I need to make a decision. I need to make a change. I need to do something today for the Gavin that I want to be tomorrow and the next year and the next year. A lot of that precipitated by my children. So I have three awesome kids and I've got a wonderful wife who's standing here in the studio. And I want to be around for them. I want to be doing things for them and with them in 20 years, 30 years time. I don't want to be, you know, dying of a heart attack or, or sitting in a chair because I can't get up and go for a walk. And so that was kind of, that was the starting point of mm-hmm. saying, I have to change. I have to do something different. Mm-hmm. But besides that, besides saying, I, you know, I've got a wonderful wife and I've got beautiful kids and I want to be there in the future. When you are 43, was it 43 kilos that you've lost? Is yeah. that what you said? When you're 43 yeah. kilos heavier than you are now, you can't be feeling good about yourself. When you put on your pants and the, no. you know, the button's a little bit tight <laughs> and you bend over and it's no. not that easy. I mean, how, on, on an on a emotional state, how were you? So I, I've, um, I wrote a recent article which was on joebig.co.za where I refer to myself as the fat Gavin mm-hmm. and the this Gavin. So it's that Gavin and this Gavin. Oh, wow. okay. And I don't shame myself by calling myself the fat Gavin, although I felt a lot of shame. At, at the being, time. Uh, at being so overweight. Okay, oh, abs- so you absolutely. were completely aware oh, of it. You, you're, you're totally yeah. in shame because um, I was up to triple sure. XL jackets, and I could only go buy jackets in certain shops because you couldn't buy them everywhere. I was up to 48-size neck shirts. I was up to 44-size pants. It was reasonably obvious that I was a fat guy. Mm. Uh, getting in and out of a car wasn't easy. Getting in and out of bed wasn't easy. So a whole bunch of these things make it pretty obvious to you that, you know, hey, you're carrying a little bit too much weight. But at the same time, they don't sink. It doesn't land in a way that actually makes you change because mm. you're that lobster in the pot that's slowly boiling. It's the slowly boiling. It's hey? the it's slowly also, boiling. Is, and before you know it, every single time you go and get new clothes, you're sizing up, uh, sizing up, sizing uh. up. And I've completely forgotten what your original question was. Emotionally, how you felt about so, it. And you, you spoke about shame. And yeah. shame is a is a awful, awful feeling. So emotionally, it's a very difficult place to come from. And one of the things that I'm enjoying right now is being able to say to people, no matter how you feel right now, it doesn't have to be how you feel tomorrow. Oh, you can feel differently tomorrow. Right. I, I'm a proof of the fact that you can. So are 100,000 other people who've lost a lot of weight over their lifetime. You don't have to feel the same today. So I, um, I'm a um, adult ADHD sufferer, among other things. Oh, wow. And so that also had an impact on my ability to be able to emotionally deal with and cope with all of the stuff around weighing too much. So at the time, a lot of, lot of weight physically and mentally around carrying the stuff. Mm. And most of that now is baggage that's gone. Baggage that's gone. Baggage that's gone. You know, you said something interesting, and I and I just want to go back to it about how you feeling now is not how you 
will be feeling tomorrow. It can change um, with the, the losing of the weight, so the possibility of that. But I, I also think that when you you know when you're living in the, the the present and the now, and you keep waiting to feel better tomorrow, when something <laughs> falls into place, when you lose the weight, or when you it's so right. dangerous. It's and so it's finding that that's that balance between right. accepting what is now. Like, find, you know, instead of the, you know, and how do we do that? How do we find the happiness and the peace with now, but knowing Absolutely. you're on the path? That is so interesting because um, what we are today, uh, the, one, of, one of the quotes I most like is, you don't have to be held ransom to your past. So that's yeah, one thing. Right. Just because I did these things yesterday doesn't mean I have to repeat them today or absolutely, repeat them tomorrow. Absolutely. And you shouldn't measure me against those things as sure. well. So for me, a lot of it has been around saying, I want to do a small thing today that will make me the person I want to be tomorrow. Okay. Whatever that might be, whether it's making a choice about I'm not going to eat this, I'm not going to drink that, I'm going to do this walk, I'm going to go for that run. I'll, whatever it is, a small thing. Compounds over time. It's exactly like your compound interest on your hundred rand put in a bank account. Come back in a thousand years, you're a trillionaire. You're doing the same thing as a human being. Each day, you're identifying a small thing that you can do differently today that will help you tomorrow. Because right. nothing is going to fall into place. Nikki, right. in your life, right. how much has just fallen into place mm, for no, you? No, very little. Nine tenths of it is the really hard work, sure. and then. We get the luck in inverted commas, which is the last tenth. A lot of it is around making a decision to do something and then just consistently doing something about it. So that's what you did. You made the decision to do it. So now you've said, I'm going to do it. And so what did you do? I I did a lot of different things. Um, I had to have one or two medical procedures. Uh, At the time, we identified I had a precancerous condition called um, Barrett's esophagus, which had to be dealt with and a hernia and some other things. So there were things that had to be dealt with. And then I started changing what I ate. Um, I ate very differently. I eat very differently now to what I did then. So what? So I've, carbs and sugar. Well, or not. W- what's the, everyone's no, talking about no. carbs and sugar. So, so the most <laughs> obvious thing is don't eat anything that's processed. Yeah. If something is processed, it's probably not good for you. Mm-hmm. Eat something that comes from the earth in some way with as few steps between it and you as possible. And by processed, I also mean don't drink sugary drinks. So don't drink liquid fruits, don't drink Coca-Colas, uh, don't drink Spalettas, don't eat hamburgers. Flavored waters. Flavored waters, are, are, well, th- those are actually probably the worst. Probably. So it's, it's about changing what you eat, and it doesn't mean about being monastic about it. It just means making a conscious choice that instead of having two pizzas a week, I'm going to cut it down to having one-third of a pizza a week, which okay. I'll share with somebody else. Okay. It also means getting off your butt and having a walk. You know, there's um, a friend of mine three years ago wanted to go and do a park run. But guess what? He he was overweight. I think he was 12 kilos overweight, and he couldn't do a park run. My advice to him was, why are you trying to run? Go for a walk. Just go for a 300-meter walk. And then the next day, go for a 400-meter walk. And then the next day, the 500-meter walk. And three weeks ago, he ran a 25-minute park run. 25-minute program is pretty said, good. It, this, the, it, the, the, it's just the incremental. It's incremental changes yeah, consistently over yeah. time. Consistent. Every consistent. day, consciously make the choice And then what happens it. is you build Love on it. your success. That yeah. becomes a mantra for you. Mm. I like being what I am, mm. so I want more of that. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah, that. Very much. I love that. But you didn't just decide to do the park run. I mean, you started off just doing the park run, and I know that you got your wife, Ingrid, on board as well, who wasn't a jogger, and now you've no, turned no. out. Oh, no one will turn me into a jogger. No, I'll no. just have you know. Uh, Not even you, Gavin, really? will turn me into okay. a do jogger. Do you do park runs? Do you I, do I walks? Walk. I do lots of walking. Fantastic. Running, I become quite an angry person do you? when I run. Mm. So are you hangry because you're not eating before you No, I'm you not hangry. No? I'm just 
angry. <laughs> so not everyone can run, and I don't think that we should follow Is the that fallacy okay? that everyone can run because some people just can't and Thank don't want to. That's what I've been trying to tell everyone. But you've t- you took it. A lot further And and your mm. hashtag is My impossible So let's <laughs> expand on that And I love this Because everything just started to open up for you yeah. Didn't it? So uh, for I, I've never been a particularly fit or sporty person Never did it school Hated sport And my, my school uh, Springs Boys High School in Springs Was a sports mad school So if you didn't do sports You were in the corner mm. uh, You were chastised by teachers for doing that So I've never had a love of sport But I've always wanted to do triathlon and I was quite inspired by a friend of mine called Craig Corty, who went from – he's a six-foot-four guy. He was very overweight, and he went from that to going and doing four Ironmans, which is wow. super impressive. And I was inspired wow. by him. Mm-hmm. Finally, last year, it started falling into place with the idea around, well, I want to lose weight. And then the My Impossible came along because I looked at something I'd done and gone, wow, a year ago, that was impossible for me to do. I have done it. How many other things are they going to crop up for me and for everyone else that is an impossible thing that you can now do? And that's part of the thing. We look at it and go, this stuff's impossible. I can't possibly, I can't run 5Ks. I can't run 10Ks. Or, you know, I can't do that presentation in front of those people and blow them away with my skill. Actually, you probably can, and you just need to start somewhere doing it. Mm. So my, my journey on, the, on the, the health side is around doing triathlons. I've always wanted to do triathlons, and I did my first short-distance triathlon in, uh, in April this year, which was, she was hard. It was, was it, it was Because uh, I come from no actual physical background, so I don't have latent fitness just waiting around like yeah, some people you do. you really had to work. So I, I had to do a 750-meter open-water swim, which for actual triathlons is not far. It's the shortest distance. Since you can't Oh and I battled It was horrible I believe the swim's very difficult uh, it, Mentally it was really tough for me um, And then there was a There's a 20k cycle And a 5k run And I practically walked The 5k run Because I, I couldn't do the run but now I'm in but a much different it. space. Oh, 100%. And oh. now I'm in the, at the point where I'm, I'm swimming 2Ks uh, for um, morning sessions. And I'm running 7 or 8Ks in the afternoons. And so it's, it's all about incremental. Though. None of this happens overnight. Everything has to start small and you can do it. Mm. Start Not, small. Start small. And you can do and it. And you can do it. Everyone can do whatever they think their my impossible is. Mm. How can you not? We have so much potential. The tagline we've had for um, Ingrid, my company, ha- has been unleashing potential. Mm. And we've used that for years because every person has enormous potential in them. But society beats us down and tells us we're not capable of doing all of these different things or what we're capable of uh, doing is not good enough. And so we believe it. That's oh, well, the problem. we totally believe it, don't we? There's the problem. And and seeing that potential and then being able to do something about it is oh, it's magical to watch. Wow. So the my impossible that you refer to, I started off. It's purely my thing. It was not for anybody else. I just used it as a hashtag when I posted stuff, and suddenly I had people, you know, facebooking me or Instagramming or whatever, saying, "I'm really inspired. What you're doing, this is amazing." And I thought, oh, okay, well, that's what people do. Then I started having people sending me emails saying, "This is so inspiring." Now I realize it works. For other people So 90% is for me And 10% is to say To other people You can do Whatever you want to do mm. Just take some action mm. oh, Wonderful Wonderful So how do you Because we, we're looking At transformation I mean that's mm. a huge transformation And I started off the show And I said So it's a physical A very obvious Physical transformation Yep, yep. But there's been Such a huge transformation In your 
thinking because mm. I think maybe before you you talk about it unleashing potential. Mm. But now you've unleashed your potential. You've done it. You know what I'm saying? There's Jesus. so much irony in that. Thank you for pointing it out. Uh, I don't feel at all embarrassed about that. <laughs> um, I, I, previously, I didn't have a mindset where I believed that I could actually do that to myself. Well, maybe it was you were looking at unleashing potential in a different area. This was, you know it, what I'm saying? It, it could well have been, and we did. So I mean, one of the things I do is I, I train people to be able to be great public speakers. Exactly. And so I'm great at doing that. And right. I, I, I'm a pretty good public speaker, but I haven't ever believed totally in the fact that I can do anything I want. So part of my plan is that I would like to do a full Ironman by 2020, I think it is, which for me is enormous. I mean, I don't know if you know the distances for a full Ironman. I don't know them all, but it's insane. 3.8K swim, 180K cycle, then a full marathon. How insane is that? Mm. But why not? Why can I not do Mm. that? Mm. Uh, And I think the continual reminder for me is to see other people go, Oh, well, if you can do that, I can, I, I can do this. Mm. I can do that. And that kind of inspiration is that's really it's so needed in our society where everybody keeps on telling us about how bad things are. A little bit of cool stuff is, uh, is really needed. Mm. I love that. Um, I suppose with that kind of a radical transformation that you've undergone and that you're still going through because we transform oh, all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. it's happening all the time. Yeah. Is that you are still empathetic to those who are stuck where you were stuck. Um, and that you are, even though it's mm. the fat Gavin, is mm. that what you called yourself? Yeah, yeah the fat and you Gavin. are now? Yeah, you, okay. can, you can now call me fat Gavin. I'm, <laughs> fat I call Gavin. myself that, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> you were fat Gavin and you're now Gavin. Yes. You're now Gavin. I, I'm this um, Gavin. That's it. And that yeah. you can, um, that you still have an empathy and a connection yeah. with with who you were, yeah. and um, you know, yeah. Because I suppose that when you're the other side of that, and you have connected to, and, and you have unleashed your potential, and you see that you can do everything, that mm. that that for other people it is still a struggle, and that you're still that same person. Well, that's the point. You can't disconnect from the fat Gavin or that Gavin. Yeah. It's still me. Um, I can still understand what I did. I can still understand that my my kids used to call it my sleeping pills. Uh, chuckles from Woolworths. Rubbish. So that was really? my sleeping pills. My kids eventually Did you called have every, you went practically to bed? every single night. Did you brush night. your teeth afterwards? Yeah. Did you? Because yeah. that would freak no, me no, out. No, no, totally. You can't just eat chuckles no, no, and close your eyes. Okay. No, I have great oral hygiene. Thank, thank, thank you for pointing that, that out. That would have been a problem. The, the thing about that is uh, I used to do that every single day and uh, I have no desire or need to do to that do anymore because it's not part of this life. But I can still remember the Gavin that did that. And, and you can understand yes. it. And because you're overweight doesn't mean you're a bad person. Society tells us that people are either good or bad. It's very binary. Mm. Just because you're overweight doesn't make you a bad person. All it makes you is slightly overweight. Mm. That's all it does. Mm. Now, is there something you want to do about that or would you prefer to stay like that? And if you prefer to stay like that, great. That's also a choice because it's all about choice. If you'd prefer to change… Well, then how can you change? What Mm. can you do? How many resources are there out there that can support you? I mean, there's a ton of stuff Mm. that can help you take that next step, that move that you want to make. (laughs) I've just got an SMS saying, well done. I lost a lot of weight. I was 88 kilos, I'm presuming, now 45. Wow. Wow. wow, that's, that's huge. significant. That's I mean, significant. That's, it's amazing. That's, that's half a person. That is a half a person, and that it's amazing when people are able to be consistently brave, because it's so brave to go. 
I'm not going to have that pizza. I'm not going to have that chocolate. Uh, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to choose something else so that tomorrow will be different from today. That's Mm. brave. That's really Mm. brave to do that Mm. consistently. You know, I I came across a video. In fact, I posted it. Um, Will Smith. It was a very short video, and he said um, that people come up to him and say, Hey, Will Smith, I mean, I want to be like you, and Mm. how did you get there, and I also Mm. want to be famous. And he said that what a lot of people don't understand, and he's often said that he said, I work harder than Anybody else I know I am more disciplined than anybody else I know mm. So we kind of hold people And we put people on these pedestals, pedestals. And we think that's the perfect right. life And these are people right. who are very, very conscious And they're very aware of what they're doing Moment to moment yes. And um, I posted it and I said You know, how inspiring And someone said, yeah, but it's easier said than done Because in the moment We can be distracted We can be stressed out We can be pressurized And then we're going to be making the wrong decision Decisions. And you can really speak to that, Gavin, because, you know, the instinct is to say, I'm going to have the packet of chuckles because we don't think about it. No. It's, it's getting on top of that thought. It's, it's, it's being stronger than, than falling. Instead of falling, you're climbing. But it's also, it's also about the fact that we're all so so locked into the end result and not the journey to the end result. Oh, I love it's that. It's not about the end result no, it's only. Not, yes. So if you have a look at something that's happening cool on somebody's life on Facebook, because guess what? Everybody's looking at Instagram, Facebook, yeah. LinkedIn, whatever. Fake book. It's always, yeah, it's always the end result. <laughs> uh-huh. So one of the things that so I, I've been doing a lot is sharing about the, my end result. So when I finished the triathlon, there's a pick. It's my impossible. It's phenomenal. And for this week, for the first time, I shared me getting off a bicycle after having done a really hard hill, completely out of breath. My heart rate's 176. I'm puce in the face. I can't breathe. And I did a video that way because that's the reality. That if you want to do stuff, it's not easy to do. It's hard. Life is not easy. So if you want to achieve and you want to lose the weight and you want to get that goal, um, you want to get a new job, these things are things that you capable of doing but you've got to consistently do the brave thing which is to make the right choices to get where you want to be mm. whatever that whatever mm. that choice is so true in, in your case it it could be practically anything it could be just saying no to the chuckles mm. uh, or it could be saying well today i'm going to go for a walk around the block <laughs> let us take a break we've got another sms which i'll read out to you in a moment but we have another guest who is going to be talking to us leon Fourier, who's an international speaker personal and business development success strategist and we're going to be about, you know, once you've gone, once you've had this transformation, once your life has changed, where to from there? How do you take this new person in out there? And, uh, and, and what do you do with that new person? So please stay with us. We'll be right back. This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Welcome back to the DL Link Show, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. Very inspiring. Gavin Moffat in the studio. What a transformation and what an extraordinary story. Um, and I can see that he's inspired lots of people out there. Someone's just SMS Gavin and said, I feel trapped in my job. I wake up every day hating going to work, but I'm finding it very difficult to find another job. What advice could you give me? Sure. Okay, so that's that's pretty much the same as anything else that you want to do that you need to change. You actually need to start not with the job because if you're feeling trapped all the time, then it's the wrong thing to focus on. So that person probably needs to go, what do I want to do with my life? What is something, what is a passion that I want? And I think you can always make money out of your passion, but what is my passion? What do I want to spend my life doing? 
focus at it from that point of view and then make small attempts to get there. And whether that's by skilling themselves up, whether that's by looking in a, a different industry in a different direction where they haven't been before, whether that's going for mock job interviews, whatever it is, they just need to do something. Nothing is easy. Nothing that you really want is easy to do. Being married to a wonderful woman is not easy because relationships take work. Mm. So if you want that end goal, it's totally doable. You just got to put in the time, effort, and energy. But I I, I feel for you because being stuck in a dead-end job, you consider it a dead-end job, Mm. it's tough. It's hard. It's a hard space And we live in times where economically things are tough. So you have fear that holds you back. You can't just be gung-ho and say, yeah, I'll try this job and that job. But I, I I think it goes back to... What you started off with and you said it's one little thing at the time, one, one little step. One, if every day you can do one thing, um, and if, it, if that is connecting with who you are and your passion and your purpose and mm-hmm. starting to talk to people and maybe doing mm-hmm. something on the side and well, who knows, about, who knows what can develop. How about have you updated your LinkedIn profile, for yeah, example? You know, yeah. that person looking for a new job. Is your LinkedIn profile up to date? Yeah. Ha- are you attracting enough people to your LinkedIn profile that would give you opportunities? And the answer is possibly no, because you're so fixated with I hate my job. Uh, sure. Um, well, it's something we can definitely expand on because we have Leon Fourier, who's an international speaker, personal and business development success strategist. Great to have you in the studio. Thank you. Thank Hi, you for Leon. the invitation. Welcome, welcome. So you've been listening. And yes. as you said, you know, it's, it's a show of transformation. We had Linda, mm-hmm. who was diagnosed with breast cancer. And before, when she was first diagnosed, she was so angry. But she's had this spiritual awakening. You know, she's so filled with gratitude for what she has, things that she took for granted before she now appreciates. So there's a transformation. We have Gavin here who's transformed. I mean, physically, he's lost this fortune of weight. But the transformation is mind, the realization that there is nothing he cannot achieve. Which is so incredible. And, and so when we come out the other side of the transformation, because we're always transforming, you know, where to from here? Because I'm sure, Gavin, you're very much the same person, but you, you're kind of seeing and experiencing your world very differently. And, and when you have that, Leon, and you going out there and you're this different person because you've transformed, what, what, how do you do that? How do you approach life? How do you approach business? Well, we all, well, most people think there's into it. Um, we go on these, these, training courses and the spiritual development weekends that we go away for and we think if i do this and i come back i'm going to be a different person it doesn't work that way you are constantly learning every single day of your life and um it's one example is you know we and as as gavin spoke about being overweight currently at the moment we are as a society the most obese most over medicined population on this planet Yet everything we need to fix ourselves is on the Internet. It's available on Google. Not all of it is actually the right advice, but most of it is it, it's available. Yet we don't do it because we think if I go for this one weekend training, my life's going to change. Your life doesn't change that weekend. It changes with everything you implement uh, every, for the next 10, 20, 30 years. It, it's, it's the discipline to implement the learning. And that's where a lot of people miss it. They, they might go and they lose the weight. And then what happens after that? Do they then, like, I mean, what Gavin has said, he's now going to do a full Ironman. Ironman. So he's got something that he's working towards. Most people will get to that weight. And then while I'm here now, okay, so now I can go back to where I was. And it, it will happen. Um, I've been studying the human brain for 14 years to understand how, well, firstly, from before birth, how it develops, how you create beliefs, and, and what he spoke about is how with him losing the weight 
changed even his confidence and everything. But that goes much mm-hmm. deeper than that. It goes to a belief system. Mm-hmm. And you ask me, what is the next step? I'm asking, well, where does that belief system come from? Okay. To, to give you an, an, an idea, and I mean, I share this with people because I'm not ashamed of it. But I was seven years old. And imagine a seven-year-old kid hearing his parents fight. And you walk into the kitchen and your dad throws your whiskey glass against your head at the age of seven. And you immediately believe you're not wanted. You don't, you're not, you don't belong here. This person doesn't want you. Mm. Go seven years forward. I was 14 years old and I was at an Olympics meet. I fell over a concrete wall, cut my left shin open, tore the muscle in half. But end of the day, got stitches, got home. My dad put me in his car because he felt sorry for me. As, as a 14-year-old, the only thing that happened in my mind was I believed my dad is taking me away outside of town to kill me because I disappointed him. Sure. And, and yeah, I love my parents. I mean, I love my dad. It's, he didn't do anything wrong. As a person, I created a belief system based on things that happened with me that I'm not good enough, that I shouldn't be here. Now, I can take you and I can take you now and say, well, you know, you can lose weight and you'll feel better. I need to understand what caused you to have that belief system that got you to where you were. So I go much deeper, and if you remove that belief system and replace it, and it's not as easy as it sounds, you take it from there, and then you start implementing disciplines that you have to do every day to move forward. Sure. So you believe in going back before um, you can go forward. Okay, so... Let's take a break. Okay. Let's take a break. We'll, we'll chew on that one. We'll come right back. This is Life Links with a DL link. Thank you for staying with us. The DL Link Show, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. We've been talking about transformation. And um, Leon Faree, our guest, who's an international speaker, personal and business development and success strategist, was talking about transformation being a, a journey. There's yes. no final destination. No. But you're saying that past experiences create a belief, yes. and that's how we experience the world. No. So okay. if you, even if you look at the human eye, I don't know if you know that if, if you look anywhere, the center of both eyes, you should see a black spot. So what your brain does is it builds up that picture. Your brain doesn't like not knowing the answer. And the picture it builds up is from past experiences, from what you've seen, but it's also very good at looking at what is your belief system. Those are your filters. So I'm going to make sure you see everything based on what you believe, and that's what I'm going to build in there. It's a very short and quick description. So, so uh, just before the break, I said to you, because yes. I mean, we could spend five hours talking yes. about this, but just before the break, I said, so if we have something like Gavin, for example, and Gavin, I'm not talking to you as if you're this person who's uh, not there. We're talking, you're here. Third party case study. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Could you stand up and just circle the, the room, please? Um, you know, losing all that weight and Gavin talking about the shame and Gavin talking about not being the sports person at mm. school, et cetera, et cetera. The transformation that's taken place. So you're saying that you don't want to be the person who then puts the weight back on. So it's just a, a pro. It's just like a moment in time that you yes. saw the light and you improved. You want sustained change, sustained transformation. So to get there, do you have to change that belief system? Yes, but so here's the difference, and, and not not knocking on anybody. Um, Sometimes what some psychologists would do is they would focus on what is wrong and they keep you there. I'm not interested in that. 
I want to see what went wrong. What is the belief system you built around that thing that went wrong? I don't care about what went wrong. I want to know what's the belief around it. And then I show you how silly that is. And then we start working on that. So for me to think my dad hates me and he doesn't want me around. I believed that as a child. My whole life was built around that. Going into corporate world as an employee, I sabotaged my own life. I've lost everything three times in my life already. Because of that belief system that, and it goes further than just not my dad not loving me because your parents are the people you look up to as a child. I lost everything because I believed I am not good enough. Not worthy. Point, not worthy. everybody. I am not good enough. And So what do you do with that? So for me, I did the training, but it, it's not I did a weekend course and then it was over. It took me about five, six years to go through this process of digging and finding what it is that's causing me to behave the way I am. Mm. Now, there's not a lot of people out there that can help you. I've been to psychologists. They've tried to hypnotize me to go to, to, to my past to figure out. But they focus on what is the thing that happened. That doesn't matter. It's what is the belief that was built around what happened. And through a lot of years of experience and, I mean, I take a lot of quiet time and I'll sit and I'll just talk to myself and figure out what's going on. There's, there's a lady in, in the UK that's actually created a process where you sit and you look at your, you just ask yourself, how are you feeling? But you keep on going deeper and deeper and deeper into what, what are you feeling and what's happening? And as you dig deeper, you'll get to a point where a memory from the past will come up. And that is something trying to teach you that something there happened that built a belief. And then there's a process you go through that to, to get through it. And then you go, and, and, and sometimes if you're lucky enough, you actually go to deeper levels than that. But that is to discover what is that belief system, bring it to light, and then look at what has it caused you to, what has it made you think about your own life, and how has it negatively affected you. And then to work around that. Mm. You, you're nodding, mm. Gavin. A hundred percent. I mean, wh one of the things that I learned um, through doing the New Warrior training adventure with the Mankind Project was exactly that. At some stage in your life, and many stages many times, you go through something and you take on a set of beliefs about yourself or about the world around you or about the people around you. And then you convince yourself that is the truth and you live your entire life by those until you get to a point where you examine them and you go – I don't have to be a fat guy. I don't have to feel less than. I don't have to feel like I can't achieve. I don't have to feel like I'm a failure. I don't have to feel like people don't love me. I don't have to feel like I need gratification from external sources. And only at the point that you realize that belief system exists can you do something with it. Most people never get to the point where they examine that belief system because most people are 100% rightly untreated around the instance, the occasion. What was the crisis that happened that made you want to do this? That doesn't matter. It's never that circumstance is what led you to believe whatever you believed around that particular circumstance. So 100% belief system is really important. I have a different belief system. Um, I've been doing self-development work for a while, mm -hmm. and it's it's never-ending. This transformation thing is not trans – transformation sounds so final. Yeah. What is transformation? Yeah. I will still be transforming by the time I die. Leon, you'll be do Please doing God it by the time. Will yeah. be exactly. Yeah. And so let's not look at it as a single instance. It's not a single instance. It's mm -hmm. a continual learning curve where we can only get better in the long run with dips and curves in between. Mm. Yeah. And but what I like about that – sorry, Leon – is that when you – if you, when you're looking for that particular circumstance, you like – kind of blaming the external, the person, the situation. And it's, you know, your reaction to it, your belief. So it's like not that, that word you just said, blame. Uh, blame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
But but you know the other way is you you feel like you then have control over it. If mm. it was your belief system, you you believe it, so you can do something about what you're believing, yes. right? Yeah. Um, just use the word blame. A lot of people they say when you blame something, you give the power away to whatever you're blaming right. to fix the solution. The minute you own it, you can fix it. A simple example that I ask people is if you drive to work, a taxi turns up in front of you and you're driving to the taxi whose fault it is. And they'll say it's the taxi's fault. No. Who set your alarm to get up at a certain time? Who took that specific route to work? Third question is, do you know how taxis drive in this country? So you would have expected him to turn up in front of you. So what if you take responsibility for what happened? How will your life be different then? Hmm. was we've just run out of time. So for our listeners who want to find out more about Gavin Moffat, and you as well. Will you please give us your email addresses? You can go. Gavin, go. You go so first. the easiest easiest thing is facebook.com forward slash this is Gavin Moffat. This is this Gavin Moffat. How do we spell Moffat? M O W F A T. So facebook.com forward slash this is Gavin Moffat. And you can just email Gavin at Moffat.co.za. Beautiful. Leon Fourie? And well, that's it, leonfree.com. F O U R I E. Wonderful, yeah. guys. Go and read these um, um, Facebook pages, these websites. Thank you for sharing your expertise, your stories. I have been so inspired. It has been really, really wonderful um, spending this time with you. I hope that you have been as inspired as I have. Um, Thank you. And uh, until next week, please do take care. And um, from Iniki Seberini, goodbye.